Yes, sweetheart. Have you ever danced like nobody's watching? Uh, no. I always dance like everyone's watching. Actually, that figures because you're, you're a theatre kid. Well, I also went to drama, dance and media school. Wait, what did the dance involve? Well, we, we had dance teachers and a lot of the girls were from VCA ballet school. So it was quite a good standard. And then you? And then it was me. But I do remember our first professional gig. There was a girl from the year above. She was a great singer. And we went to the old folks' home and we had this whole Did you dance. say professional gig? Yeah, yeah. Like... At the old folks' home? We, <laughs> we got sent to this old folks' home it... by the theatre department. <laughs> this girl sings... Send him the clowns. There ought to be clowns. And we're in the background dancing, doing this dance as clowns. And it was to a lot of people that had dementia. And I'm sure God. I'm sure they were sitting there thinking, thank God I've got dementia I'm not going to remember <laughs> Okay, I did not do any drama at school, but I do have a memory of being at primary school where I was pretty outgoing and being on stage in front of assembly and dancing to Van Halen's Jump, which I choreographed myself and it was just myself. I can't remember the context of why on earth I should be up there, but I know the dance involved jumping really high whenever they went, jump! Well, when Strictly Ballroom was being cast... I love the way you've gone from my school assembly to Strictly Ballroom. I don't know. Thanks for that. They were asking for people that could act and dance, and so I put my hand up and said that I can dance. So I get an audition with Baz Luhrmann, and so we do the acting component. Yeah, what else do you have on your CV? Well, horse riding, of course. Fencing. Yeah. But I, I, I breezed through the acting audition bit, and he's like, oh, great, let's, we're going to go and meet the choreographer, and, and this choreographer comes up with all these moves. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? How many people are you in front of? Just Baz Luhrmann and this choreographer, and I'm going to dance with this choreographer. And is, he... is Baz kind of a kindly guy? I picture him being quite yeah, nice. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great guy. Like He was really generous until that moment where he went, thanks, Fred. <laughs> well, more for him, because I remember the first time I saw you dance. It was a video for a band called The Belligerents with a song called Emily, and I genuinely think it's the moment I fell in love with you. Even though I think the record company was so alarmed, they were debating pulling it. My first professional dancing gig, I got paid to do this. The context is that you hadn't met me before you saw this. Yeah, because before we met on an app, we were shamelessly sending each other videos and information about ourselves, links. So in this video, Frank is at a petrol station, a 7-Eleven kind of place, and he's distracting the very young, it must be said, girl working behind the counter mm. by doing some kind of weird, sexy... There was some controversy. ...creepy dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, the twist is you're actually holding up the store. Or, distracting or the young distracting girl to then, rob the store. Yeah. I can relate to the sort of uncoordinated, because at high school, I was quite depressed at high school, but also very sort of awkward, socially awkward. I know it's really hard to imagine. Yeah. But there was a school disco on, and I needed to cross the hall, like the main hall. The auditorium. The auditorium. And I was so self-conscious, I couldn't bring myself to walk in time with the music so I was walking out of time with the music deliberately. very deliberately and I'd go to gigs and things a few years later and I'd be the one with the arms tightly folded which is most English audiences to be fair Yeah. Um, and later on from that I became a music journalist and often I'd be at you know these incredible gigs that people kill for tickets for and I think god I'd just rather be listening to their record at home and then I'd go home early 
and just put the record on and just dance on my own. Like, that was so much more enjoyable. Dancing in a pack, dancing in front of people. I feel like every minuscule twitch of my body is being scrutinised. Or at least I did in my younger years. We had two different beasts. Hmm. All right, so let's see what happens when those two beasts collide on the dance floor because I'm going to take you to a five rhythms dance night. It's called a dynamic movement practice. So we're going to dress up, we're going to drink some cacao and we're going to dance like there's a whole room full of people pretending not to look. You game? Is this a paid gig? No. You're listening to Spirit Levels. It's the podcast that pressure tests the wellness industry. I'm actor filmmaker Frank McGree, and every Tuesday with my partner, journalist Jenny Valentich, we'll immerse ourselves in wellness practices from the pseudo to the sensible and we'll thrash out the benefits. We're here with Chloe Stewart, who's going to be facilitating this evening of Five Rhythms at Studio Paradise in St Andrew's Beach, which is in Melbourne's Mornington Peninsula. Chloe's a dance teacher and a yoga teacher, and then really got into this more therapeutic way of dancing. So Five Rhythms was created by Gabrielle Roth. She's from San Francisco, and she was in a band, and they were playing music, quite percussive, a lot of drumming. She was really interested in somatic movement and therapeutic movement and using the body like a percussive instrument. I, I guess Five Rhythms was my introduction into this way of therapeutic dancing. Gabrielle Roth was really, really adamant about its sober practice and it's also a silent practice, the Five Rhythms. There's no talking except for an outburst of like maybe a, a scream, a cry, a laugh. People cry a lot, you know. People can cry and release and get sad and and then they feel lighter and they feel like, oh, that was great, you know. So has it ever played a therapeutic role for you? Yeah, absolutely. When I was, um, like, broke up with my, my daughter's father and I was quite a bit younger, this practice came into my life and I was working through some trauma and some you know hurt and some you know feeling a bit lost and this practice really helped me to move that and a place to connect to community weekly a place to to go in and like a moving meditation for me I just didn't want to you know go and sit in a room and process it my emotions to a stranger I just felt like that would be just doesn't work for me I need more of a physical somatic embodied experience I feel there's a lot of judgment when you do dance of yourself and people around you how do you get people to lose that judgment yeah that's a big one and that is takes time it's a process of dropping into the body and then you'll notice that everyone's enjoying their journey sometimes you can really get transported into another land another dimension you know visions and like 
depending on the music, like, you know, you can be dancing around a campfire and get really tribal and connect with, like, indigenous tribes or you might become, like, some sort of bird creature and start, like, growing wings and flying and it's just when you're really deep in the in the process of your dance, you get really trance-like and euphoric and you get lost in it and you're really in it. And just sending some intention, your own personal intention into your cacao. Sending some love and your special unique frequency energy into your cacao and let's all have a little sip enjoy so frank yes it's late at night we're in the booth it's really light and your eyes are shining because of the moon reflection because we've just come back from five rhythms yes at studio paradise and it was incredible it was incredible I fully I, enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm, on a, I'm tired, but I'm on a high. Mm. I mean, the moment we got in there, they'd set the scene. So, you know, it's candlelit. There'd been a lot of sage burning. We had all like, our heads in the centre of the circle. Mm-hmm. And tuning forks coming into our chest. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're being stabbed to death. Chip in any time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so relaxed. So I, relaxed. I, I don't want to fucking override, overall. Over egg the pudding. Yeah, it's your moment in the sun. Okay. Yeah. Well, so there was a build-up basically. So we started off in well, this kind of meditative space. Well, I know you want to talk. Yeah. About it. <laughs> well, don't forget cacao. Oh. You yeah. get a big drink of cacao. cacao. Yeah. We did have our big cacao ceremony. Yeah, it sets the mood. You know, I'm not sure how much weight I attach to cacao as a substance. But it sets the mood of ritual. Yeah. It's a commitment. You're going down a path of letting go. Yeah. And we were very much in our own bubbles, weren't we? It's not like on a dance floor where you're kind of dancing up to people and interacting and throwing shapes. It's the opposite. You stay in your own bubble. There's no kind of eye contact. Um, And, you know, it's an environment where you're trying to lose your consciousness of what you're doing and just be in the moment. Yeah, and kind of vibing off the fact that everyone else is doing the same thing. This actually wasn't the first for either of us. So I've done this before. Years ago, I've done it at Abbotsford Convent, where they do it quite often. It's in Melbourne. And that was three hours long. And I remember it was a really hot day. And people got kind of delirious. Like, women were tucking their dresses into their knickers and rolling around on the floor and rolling their eyeballs. And some people who are obviously a bit more practiced at it were kind of tumbling on each other like acrobats yep. people embracing not me obviously um one woman i remember curled into a ball on the floor and then another man wrapped himself around her like a limpet turned into cuddle club avoided him and yeah so it was quite oh i don't know how to call it organic organic but then there was another time i did it with you in geelong and it was a five hour one and there'd been a bit of um a, a bit a bit of bother beforehand because i'd accidentally paid twice for it and it was very expensive and I was having trouble getting the money back from the woman and it was quite awkward when we got there. I was trying not to dance in a way that looks passive aggressive (laughs) because she was the DJ as well. It was over five hours and there were moments where we stopped and we drew. Fuck me. We drew with crayons. Or or our dance. Well no, it was how we were expressing ourselves or how we wanted to express ourselves 
through movement. Yes, yeah, so we had to draw that. Like, With that? someone else, though, and then they had to... No, then we had to dance oh, the that's drawing right. they, Then we had to dance their drawing and they danced our drawing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that person... Did not get my drawing at all. <laughs> you just had to smile. I just had to watch them do their dance interpretation of my drawing, which is <laughs> so wrong. No, once again, it was that you just got to let go of your judgment. Um, that one, that. that one was a bit more. That was a bit. There were a few characters there that were trying to take kind of like the center of attention, which is the whole just. So not the point of this. Sometimes it crosses a line where you, it's like a performance art piece mm. that they want people to see, but it's like... I've done this before. And you kind of just don't believe it. Mm. And you've done it before. Yeah, I've done it in Ubud. Um, and I've been to some, you know, quite extreme ones where there are a lot of contact dance as well. But there was like 700 people. It was huge at this place called Akasha and it was huge, big ceremony. But the starts with you walking around... And then you stop and you get eye contact with someone for like five minutes and you look into their soul and they look into your okay. soul. And then afterwards there's an after party where it looked like it was going to turn into pretty much a big orgy. People were jumping in the pool, taking their clothes off and whatnot and people like starting to pash on the couches in this party. And it just never went anywhere. Someone said the party's over and everyone got on their scooters by themselves and left. Hmm. Disappointing. Yeah. But I did go to another one in Say Say, which was a day party, and it went off. It was so fun. There was two layers, probably three or four hundred people there. It was hot. Everyone swam in the beach and out the front and after. Everyone just got coconuts and chatted. So it was, was it a awesome. sober one? Because they're often yeah, they're I mean, all sober. They're yeah, they're all sober. Yeah. It just seems like ripe for an <laughs> apex predator to hang out there amongst all the happy shiny people. Yeah, and. Yeah, I was tipped off that there was a couple of guys that were running some of these. There were older guys with some very young, attractive girls. And in the videos, they were like, everyone come along to these things. Um, and actually, a South African girl who I saw there for a little bit in, oh, right, okay. in Ubud. Busy. <laughs> busy in Ubud. Um, tipped me off about these predators and I should do a documentary about it. And so that's that was kind of you know, why I kind of started going to a couple of these things. I just didn't see it and didn't kind of turn into these parties that you she was talking about mm. um probably if you spent long enough and were attractive enough i'm not saying you're not attractive but i'm not a 21 year old mm. girl am i and another time we were in bali together so you weren't on these apps anymore and we found, <laughs> <laughs> we found a pool party that was really going off and I actually think I completely broke my aversion to dancing in public there. I think it cured me. It was like a Miami party in the 80s that you hear about. It went absolutely off and the DJ was just killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we thought we should track that DJ down. DJ Jazzy O, originally from Sydney, now living permanently in Bali. And we did. Yeah, because we want to talk to her about ecstatic dance as opposed to five rhythms and also about levelling up to contact dance yeah. where you're definitely not in your own little bubble. You were there? Yeah, we were there. 
Oh my God, that was such a fun party. Wow. Yeah, that was one of the highlights of my DJing was that party it was incredible. My journey started in Bali about six years ago. I was studying five elements, kind of similar to five rhythms, but it's more based around how you can embody the elements. And that's where I started DJing because I wanted to put on ecstatic dance classes. I wish that all over the world had ecstatic dance as big as they had here. You know, ecstatic dance feels like more of a sober party, whereas contact dance is more intimate. You're in contact with somebody the whole time. And, you know, generally speaking, they're a smaller group. You sort of dance with one person for maybe a song or two, then you let go and then you can either dance by yourself, but generally speaking, you move on to the next. It can just be like you're dancing with your hands or you can be like kind of leaning on people or, you know, it's just more intimate. And for people that haven't danced before, that can be confronting. So ecstatic dance is a really good place to start. I'm more ecstatic dance because my aim is to really get people moving. Whereas contact dance is more like soft music can be a bit slower. So you don't have to have a DJ for a contact dance. Australia really is hard, is quite a conservative country and I'm English. So obviously we're quite conservative. Do you think we really need to learn how to let go? I think so. And I think it's kind of the culture that we're brought up into you know the reason I used to go into clubs and I used to want to go out so much is because people want to move music connection was such a big part of tribal upbringings and I think we've lost touch with getting together singing dancing having fun and playing music is just an everyday thing especially the western culture is losing touch with the medicine especially when people have come out let's say the drinking culture and they've been dancing in clubs a lot of the time they've needed to drink alcohol to be able to get to that point and so I say come at least three times to an ecstatic dance because it can take time to let the judgment and the self-criticism and the the stories that we tell ourselves in our minds like just try and come out of the head come back to the breath it's just like any other practice that we do around meditation or mindfulness or yoga or anything like come back into the breath close your eyes let the music move you we grew up in in like the ecstasy culture so the dance parties were all drug um dance parties and that was great going to akasha and places like that and it was just completely sober sometimes you can feel like you're on ecstasy because create it's natural high and this like tap into this life force you know <laughs> i don't know if this is a little you know, I've had orgasms on the dance floor where I've just been having such a good time and I've been feeling so good that I feel like I'm on drugs because I release those natural endorphins and that serotonin naturally. And I actually think that you can't reach those states when you're on drugs and alcohol. You know, it's releasing these natural endorphins and I find that alcohol suppresses those. God, that's the dream, an orgasm on the dance floor. Do people let go of their emotions in all sorts of ways? Yeah, totally. I totally, because I think it's it's a sense of feeling free. And I think there's also this sense of feeling like people belong because I think there's a lot of loneliness, separation, you know, especially during COVID and when a community of people come together and they're experiencing joy, they feel like they're a part of something. 
So it's like, you know, Sunday church, they feel like they belong. And I think that's what ecstatic dance or any kind of dance does. It's like building a community with dance. Is there always that element where often with any kind of spiritual practice, you'll get the odd people who turn it into a pissing competition, you know, taking up a lot of space and and being a bit extra? I think there's always those people, you know, but I think it depends on our perception. Is it somebody taking up space or is it somebody expressing themselves in their own way? You know, we all are unique. We all have different ways of being and doing and and sometimes I'll see people on the dance one and be like, wow, like that's, that's, you know, might be moving and having like taking up a lot of space, but that's the way he expresses himself. So it depends on how we look at something, right? It's like, is that person taking up space or are they just expressing themselves in a way that they feel that they want to be expressed? Jazzio was great. She was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she um, slightly schooled you. She schooled me. Yeah. I thought, we, I thought we got on quite well. Yeah, I just thought you were a little bit judgy at some point and she put you in your place. <laughs> Check your judgment in at the door. You That's were judgy earlier. Said. You were judgy before. Before the interview started. Yeah. No one knows about and, that. And then you just No one knows bus. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, there's people who take up so much space. <laughs> She's a really good DJ. Mm. I think I can actually do this. No, I don't think so. Well, why don't you just let me try? Like... Leave your judgment at the door, remember? <laughs> so here we go. Right. Let me try this. Yeah. Frankie Flowers feels so right. Magic powers up all night. Lost hours out of sight. Wow. You farted during a session. <laughs> powers up all night. Frankie. Hang on, I haven't finished. I mean, I haven't put the music to it yet. Listen to oh, this. There's music. Yeah, so I um, I took the liberty of sending this to Jazzy before <laughs> okay. before I, uh, I I let you hear it. Right. And what she say? Well, she was really impressed. She wants to put this in her next album, and she wants me to tour with her in. I think we're going to uh, Mogadishu or somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Listen. You've been listening to Spirit Levels, a weekly show with Jenny Valentish and Frank McGree. Subscribe to hear our show every Tuesday and we'd love to see you on Instagram. We're Spirit Levels Podcast. And TikTok, where we're Spirit Levels. See you next week.